1: to all of you foxborough faithful you are now locked into the locked on patriots podcast it is tuesday march 9th 2021 and it is time for trent to return here on your daily home for news notes and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time super bowl champions the new england patriots Greetings and salutations, Pats Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed and very much appreciated. Share that feedback, send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there doing some Tuesday traveling through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Patriots fans, the Pats have finally made their first major off-season move of 2021, and it's a big one, literally and figuratively. Massive offensive lineman Trent Brown on his way back to the New England Patriots. As reported early on Tuesday morning, The Pats will be sending a fifth-round draft choice in the 2022 NFL Draft in return for the services of Brown and a seventh-rounder in 2022 from the Las Vegas Raiders. And this move makes a lot of sense for the New England Patriots. They're likely to be needing some help along the offensive line, seeing that at least one of their most prolific linemen are likely to hit free agency, and once that happens, likely to be priced out of the Patriots' range. But also, they're bringing back someone who knows the offensive line, knows the schemes, and knows how to succeed here in New England. Brown only played one season for the Pats, but in that season, he provided stout protection for Tom Brady, protecting his blind side, and then, of course, also turned into a pretty good run protector as well. As a part of the deal, Brown will be reworking his 2021 NFL salary to make sure that he only counts for $11 million against the cap. Don't forget that Brown's current contract is among the richest ever signed by an offensive lineman. So again, the Patriots' first move is a big move in 2021. And credit to the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport for first reporting that this was in the works. ESPN's Field Yates and Adam Schefter would later confirm the information, and also to the Boston Globe's Jim McBride for confirming the details of the deal. And ironically, this deal comes on the day in which all 32 NFL teams are forced to apply the franchise tag or forever hold their peace. Right now, it's looking like the Patriots will not be using the tag. And unfortunately, that means the likely departure of All-Pro guard Joe Tooney. Apparently, the two sides are far apart on a deal, and the Patriots will not be applying the tag to Tooney. But at the time I'm recording this podcast, the deadline still has not passed yet. And even though I think it's highly unlikely, the Patriots could make the choice to assign the tag to one of their players. Will it be Cam Newton? Will it be Nick Folk? Well, folks, for reasonable questions such as these, we need a reasonable, level-headed opinion to answer them. And luckily for us us it just happens to be the day on which our resident voice of reason joins us my good buddy steve balistrieri is in the house today and steve and i will discuss the news of the day and that is big trent brown coming back to new england will trent be able to revitalize his career for the second time as he did the first time when he was here in new england don't forget when the patriots acquired him from the san francisco 49ers he had some questions about motivation some questions about his health Well, here we are, the Patriots are acquiring him from Las Vegas, and those questions are once again surfacing. Trent Brown loved his time in New England. In fact, he's taken to social media to express how excited he is to be returning to Foxborough. However, one big difference this time around, as opposed to last time, is that Dante Scarnecchia is now enjoying the retired life. But make no mistake about it. Carmen Brasillo and Cole Popovich run a tight ship on that offensive line. For all the problems that the Patriots had in 2020, offensive line play really wasn't one of them. They were still solid. And Trent Brown definitely provides a big, stout body, combined with a great deal of skill and football acumen that would make him an ideal fit here in New England once again. But assuming Brown does come in and revitalize his career for a second time, what does that mean for the rest of the Patriots' offensive line? Well, we've already said that it's likely that Tooney is departing, but what does that mean for guys like Marcus Cannon? Cannon is returning from an opt-out in 2020, but has a pretty hefty cap hit. Do the Patriots look at him as expendable now and choose to cut him loose? Might the Pats be a little worried that David Andrews could hit the open market and be wowed by a contract that he simply can't refuse? I'm not saying it's likely, but it is possible, folks. And last but certainly not least, Trent Brown played the left tackle position here in New England. That's a position that's currently being manned by Isaiah Wynn. Wynn has played great when he's healthy, but he hasn't been able to put together a full season on the field for the Pats. Do the Patriots perhaps have some long-term concerns about Isaiah Wynn's health? Could this possibly even put him on the trading block? Folks, a lot of questions surrounding Trent Brown, the franchise tag. And once again, luckily for us, our resident voice of reason is here to help us through that. And a visit from Steve wouldn't be complete without delving into a draft prospect. And even though neither Steve nor I have profiled this prospect yet... He has been getting an awful lot of press lately as, quote-unquote, a prototypical Patriot. And for all of you that are clamoring for wide receiver help, yes, folks, he is a wide receiver. I'm talking about Clemson wide receiver Amari Rogers. Superior in the slot, able to catch the ball out of the backfield, sounds like a great Patriot, right? Well, Steve and I will give our opinion on what the Patriots might do to find this steal in the middle part of the NFL Draft. Folks, an action-packed agenda today on the pod Tons to get to, so without further ado, I will welcome in my good friend Steve Balistrieri to talk Trent Brown, Franchise Tags, Joe Tooney, Nick Folk, Amari Rogers, and so much more when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, Locked On listeners, football games might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and we all know about the NFL equivalent of the hot stove, red hot right now. When you put your prognostication skills to the test, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. But BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They give you real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Simply put, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action. Head over to betonline.ag today, sign up, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, do so using the promo code On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On listeners, betting on the NFL does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Patriots fans, the Pats have made an off-season move, and it is a large move in every sense of the word. And here today to break it all down with us is our resident voice of reason here on Locked On Patriots. He's one of the best and most knowledgeable columnists that you'll find in Patriots media anywhere. Of course, you all know his great work from patsfans.com, as well as being the co-host of two amazing podcasts, Patriots 4th and 2, and of course, One Patriot's Place. He is my Patriots paisan, and again, folks, despite what he's going to tell you, he's worthy of all the praise he gets and then some. Steve Balistrieri joins me today. Welcome back to Lefton Patriots, bud.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's a large piece of news.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awoken on a Tuesday morning to a very large piece of news, no question about it. And, folks, Steve and I can tell you, we have covered – Steve is a pretty good, uh, you know, size, stature man. Me, well, we won't get into that right now. But uh, it is not easy to stand in a media scrum with Trent Brown. And it looks like we are going to get that opportunity once again, of course – assuming that everything (laughs) opens back up, which hopefully we're moving in that direction, folks, but continue to take care of yourself, stay safe and well. But uh, Steve, obviously we've all seen the reports uh, and I opened the show today by providing the details. Trent Brown, big Trent Brown is on his way back to Foxborough. The Patriots sending a fifth rounder to Las Vegas Brown coming back here along with a seventh round pick and Steve, this move makes sense for the Patriots in a lot of ways. Um, As much as it pains me to say it, uh, they're likely to lose Joe Tooney. Uh, And we'll get into the franchise tag and the implications to that in a moment, folks. But – This move to me signifies that Tooney is most likely gone, which is a foregone conclusion. I think we all came to that realization. Um, It might put Marcus Cannon on the hot seat. Um, That's a possibility at this point. Uh, And it actually might mean that the team is having some second thoughts surrounding the long-term health of Isaiah Wynn. Wynn is their current left tackle. That's Brown's natural position. He played it very well here in New England, protecting Tom Brady's blind side. And this move, it's intriguing on a lot of different levels, but I guess it's the best way I can put it. But when you look at this deal, because you're our resident voice of reason here on Lockdown Patriots, what do you think this deal tells you about the Pats' plans for 2021?
0: Well, I think it gives them a little flexibility, Mike. I mean, you know, when you're looking at it, <clears throat> Trent Brown can play left tackle, like you said, that's his natural position. Or you can play right tackle. Um you know depending on what kind of shape he's in which was the the big question with him you know when uh when he went over to the the San Francisco 49ers so uh i mean uh, excuse me from the he the patriots got him from the 49ers but uh you know when when they uh when he signed that big big contracts uh with the Oakland uh, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm, I'm having brain cramps. <laughs> looking, right? But anyway, yeah. It happens I mean, to the that, best of us. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the big thing with him. I mean, is he going to be in shape? And, you know, he was under Dante Scarnecchia. He wasn't really under the Raiders. And, you know, uh, did he get paid and then get a little lazy? Well, <clears throat> that's possible. So, you know, when he's on and he's in shape, he, he's a dominant tackle on either side. So it gives them a little flexibility. You know, they they can hold on now to Marcus Cannon until they see how Trent Brown shows up for off-season workouts. If he's in shape and he looks like he's serious and ready to go, then Marcus Cannon obviously would become expendable and, and uh, allow them more, you know, salary cap room. And he's only 27 or 28. I, I think he's 27. So, when you look at it, he's still a young guy. And, you know, with Isaiah Wynn having some injury issues of his own, you know, now Brown can – he can step in on either side and and play that. And now with Tuning likely gone, uh, Michael Alenu, who who played very well last year, now he can be your left guard. Um, And you still have Justin Heron as your kind of swing tackle guy. I think it gives him a lot of flexibility moving into the season, but a lot is going to depend on if he's healthy and he's in shape.
1: Yeah, without any question. I mean, it really, really is an intriguing move in so many different ways. One of the more intriguing storylines is what does this mean for Isaiah Wynn? And I hit on this earlier when I asked the question. It really is interesting to me that a big left tackle like Trent Brown being brought back, Now, guaranteed, there is a lot of different areas where they can use him on the offensive line. He does have versatility, so it's not like him coming back means that Wynn is out of a job. It also doesn't mean that Wynn can't slot over and play other. Roles as well. He is also versatile, but the flexibility that it does provide the Patriots is something that I think you hit spot on. They needed some sort of versatility along the offensive line, they needed depth there. We knew that they were probably going to lose Tooney. Cannon is interesting. I think you're right on that. More probably more right than wrong that they will try to hold on to Cannon at this point and at least see what they have in Brown before they make any moves on him. It also could mean that Wynn might be on the trading block, and that's a story that we'll continue to monitor here on Locked On Patriots, folks. But I think a lot is on the table when it comes to what the Patriots are going to do on the offensive line this year in 2021. But I'm glad that you mentioned Trent Brown and his fit in New England, but his motivational factor as well. And the fact that his tenure in Las Vegas wasn't exactly – Um, something that Raiders fans are going to write home about anytime soon. Uh, We all remember that, you know, Trent Brown was a stout protector of the quarterback. He did a great job of protecting Brady's blind side, but when he got under the tutelage of Dante Scarnecchia, one of the things that endeared him most to this offensive line was becoming a pretty stout run protector too. He wasn't exactly uh, known for that in his time in San Francisco came to uh, New England and really cultivated that portion of his career and really, I think, became a complete lineman as a result. Last two seasons, though, you hit this. Not necessarily reliable on the field. Only 16 out of 32 possible games played. He struggled with motivational issues. Steve, do you think him coming back to New England really gives him the chance to resurrect his career? Or do you think he's coming back here simply because He was happy in New England and really just didn't seem to be happy anywhere else. Is this the type of player that needs that New England motivation in order to reach his pinnacle?
0: Um, I think he might need some hard love, like from Dante Scarnecchia. which I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dante showing up at uh, training camp uh, in a limited role. I mean, we know they have, you know, offensive line coaches now and Dante's retired, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back in a limited role. And and we know Dante lit a fire under him. And, you know, for Brown, I think he was happy here in New England. They ended up winning a Super Bowl in his uh, one and only season here. But at the same time, you know, he saw his best success as an NFL player. And players tend to remember that. So I think, you know, it's it's a double thing. Uh, You know, I think he was happy here. I think he also sees himself, if he comes up with another big season, he can play himself into another decent
1: contract. Yeah, I think he can play himself into another decent contract. And look, bottom line is, with a guy like Trent Brown, if he's properly motivated, we've seen what he can do and the impact that he can have on an O-line. And that's going to be so big this year for the New England Patriots, who currently still have a lot of question marks at the quarterback position. We don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, Dak Prescott is not going to be in New England. He's making some pretty serious coin down in Dallas. Well-deserved for Dak. Uh, You know, I'm glad that he was able to get his deal. One of the great guys in the business and also someone that suffered a pretty bad injury in 2020 and uh, things were not looking up for him at one point glad to see him be able to do that but at the same time the patriots need to protect likely a new quarterback or at the very least if cam does come back providing him that type of time with someone that can provide him the protection he needs maybe that helps cam a little bit maybe that allows him to be able to step in make throws get a little more time and be able to make the reads he needs to make that he struggled with so mightily in 2020 Steve, I always appreciate you coming on and help breaking down the big news today regarding Trent Brown, what it means for the Pats, what it means for Brown himself. You always led that reasonable voice that we all need here in Foxborough, buddy. But today is also a significant day for the Pats and all the other 31 NFL teams. The deadline to apply the franchise tag looms this afternoon. Will the Patriots apply that tag? Well, Steve and I are going to give our thoughts when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, my esteemed colleagues and I have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Well, now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. That's right, it is Built Bar Madness. And vote now to make sure that your favorite flavor takes home the title of Most Delicious Built Bar. And today, we've got a couple of great matchups for you. To celebrate this Tuesday, March 9th is a battle of deliciousness. Banana Nut Bread, one of my personal favorites, versus Toffee Almond, another can't-miss flavor. Also, on the opposite side of the bracket, you have the OG, the orange versus peanut butter in a battle of traditional flavors, but nothing traditional about this taste. All four explode off of your taste buds, and if one of those is your favorite, then you have to make sure to vote for it. So go to BuiltBar.com or visit builtbar on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And follow the instructions to vote in the Built Bar Madness bracket. And remember, when you order your Built Bars, always use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar from Built Bar. Locked On listeners, NFL games may temporarily be a thing of the past, but the work is just beginning for all 32 NFL teams. Join Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solik of the Locked On Draft podcast every Tuesday as they start their team takeover Tuesday offseason series. Each week, they pick a new team, take a deep dive into potential front office and head coach signings do a roster review, predict free agent strategies, and go through a team-centric mock draft. That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, Steve Balistrieri joins me today on the pod. And Steve, the big news out of New England today, obviously the trade to reacquire Trent Brown from the Las Vegas Readers. And the move does indicate, like we said in the previous segment, that Joe Tooney is likely to leave. It's painful it is painful for you it's painful for me we both love joe and what he brings uh here to new england but he's likely to be priced out of the patriots range once he hits the open market and reports out there surfacing all throughout tuesday that the two sides are not close to a deal and very unlikely that the patriots will use the franchise tag on him and because of that the patriots now have another decision to make today and Their newsmaking might not be over just yet. Folks, at the time we're recording this, the franchise tag deadline is approaching. It has yet to pass. So when you're listening to this, it might already be a foregone conclusion as to what the Patriots have done with the franchise tag. But right now, it looks unlikely that they're going to apply it. It's also not impossible at this point, Steve. So for the last time, I guess we can prognosticate a little bit. There are some candidates out there that might be an option for the Patriots to utilize. Um, you know, we've heard the possibility of maybe Cam Newton getting the franchise tag and yeah. having him come back on a one-year deal. I think that's extremely unlikely. Uh, we've also heard about rumors that Nick Falk could possibly get the uh, the franchise tag. The Patriots have used that on kickers before. It's not out of the question. But, As I look around, I don't see a candidate right now for the Patriots to bring back on the franchise tag because I think anybody that they would want to try to work a deal with, they're going to be able to do that without having to apply the tag. But again, you're the resident voice of reason here, Bud. What is your take on the Patriots as they approach the franchise tag deadline? And do you think there is a candidate out there that it makes sense? And last but not least, Bud, do you think they will apply the tag?
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't see uh, anybody out there that it, it makes sense for them to tag. I think Joe Tooney is going to hit free agency. I think they played that that card last year and I think they're gonna let him get paid this year. I, I don't really see them doing that. Um and I don't think, honestly, I really don't think they're going to tag anybody. You know, it's funny you mentioned Nick Folk. I was talking with somebody yesterday, and they said, no, they could franchise tag Nick Folk just to make sure that somebody doesn't steal him away. And that that could very well happen. I just don't think it's going to be uh, an issue with them. I think Folk, they could probably re-sign right at the beginning of free agency for, you know, fairly short money if they want to keep him around – Um, but I just don't see them using the tag this
1: year. Yeah, I really don't see them using the tag this year either. I guess Folk would probably be the only one that I would think they might even consider it if they weren't really confident that they would be able to get Nick Folk back on a deal if they think that he has a major deal elsewhere and they really have serious questions about the kicking position this year. Don't forget, the Patriots are only one year removed from using a fifth rounder on Justin Rohrwasser who looked like he was going to come in here and be the Patriots kicker for the future. I mean, a lot of people expected that and a lot of people thought that he was going to be uh, you know, the next guy here in New England. Uh, Obviously, Nick Folk was not even, or I shouldn't say not in their plans, but he was probably a plan B and they needed to Go to that when it appeared that Rawrasser was not going to be able to answer the call. So, a lot of questions on him. Um- do they decide to bring back Folk? I would love to see Nick Folk come back. If they did apply the tag to him, I wouldn't necessarily be angry about it. But again, I think you're right. I think they could probably work out a deal with him for short money to bring him back. Uh, and I think he proved his worth. So maybe we do see Folk back kicking for the Pats. Or maybe they are ready to go to either Rohrwasser. Or don't forget, Roberto Aguayo is also on that practice squad Maybe the Patriots see something there, uh, or who knows? Maybe Bill is going to use another draft pick. You can definitely imagine that the fan base would love to see Bill choose another kicker in the 2021 NFL draft. (laughs) I say that tongue in cheek, folks, please don't shoot the messenger. And I don't expect that. I'm just saying that I I think that uh, the the fan base would lose its collective mind. And honestly, I'd probably have something to say about it myself. Um, But we've been doing a lot of research on the NFL draft. And you've come in here with amazing insight. And really, I think some great uh, draft profiles as of late. But there's one guy out there right now that has really kind of, I think, captured the hearts and minds of New England. I've seen a lot on this kid lately, and I've done my due diligence and my research on him, but I've been doing a lot more film watching on a wide receiver for the New England Patriots, because that seems to be what everyone is hoping for uh, in New England when it comes to their draft prospects for 2021. Everybody agrees they need to get better at the wide receiver position, and we've heard a lot of rumors about who the Patriots might target. The guy that I'm referring to is Clemson wide receiver Amari Rogers, and Rogers is not exactly the prototypical height receiver that the Patriots would love to bring in. He's listed as 5'9 and a half. Um, But there's a lot of intangibles that he brings to the game, someone that can line up on the outside, someone that can line up in the slot. And I've heard the term prototypical patriot thrown around a lot about this kid in the recent days. Steve, when you look at someone like Amari Rogers and you look at his scouting report, you look at the film on him. Is he a prototypical Patriot, or are we kind of grasping at straws here in terms of what his fit might mean in New England if the Patriots decide to target this kid, not in the first round, but in the subsequent rounds in the NFL draft?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, everyone kind of, you know, when they when they look at Patriot, especially as wide receivers, they think of small, quick guys, you know uh, – you know, who, who make a living going over the middle. And that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of looking at a, a guy like Amari Rogers. And I think he, you know, he, I think he fits that. I mean, he does fit that typical, um, uh, you know, the Patriot profile of what they look for. Um, you know, he's a guy that he's not the biggest guy, as we all know, but, uh, they listed him as, at 5'10". I think that was a little um, generous in their thing, uh, you know, measurements. But, you know, he's like that small, but he's he's very stout. And he can survive in, in the backfield, you know, carrying the football, uh, you know, in the slot where he played. And, um, you know, I think with the Patriots, with a guy like him, you'd see him in motion a lot like they do with Julian Edelman where, you know, he can take that shovel pass, catch the screen pass, the little flares out there and then get him some uh, separation off the line. Um, yeah, I, I really think, uh, he would be a good fit in this offense. Now he's, you know, he, he's not the, uh, he's not the biggest guy, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and his route tree was a little bit limited, but I think when you look at the overall picture of what this guy can do, if if you're able to pick him up in the middle rounds, I think I think he'd be a steal.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, When I looked at his statistics in uh, 2020, obviously the latest season, hauled in 77 receptions, 1,020 yards, seven touchdowns during his final campaign in Clemson. This kid can definitely put up the statistics, but the thing that I loved most about him, like you said, that slot receiver that's built. He's kind of built like a running back. He is built low to the ground. Um, Really, I think uh, I was able to use physicality, burst, great field vision. Uh, One thing that I really see when I look at film of this kid is he really sees the entire field and really, as a result, can make great decisions with the football. Um, You want to talk about yak and yards after the catch. Murph, I know you're listening. You love your yak. This is a kid that can give that to you, in my opinion. Anyway, um, he really does his best work in the short to intermediate area. Of the field, but he's got some pretty reliable hands as well. If you spread this kid out wide, even at his size, he can make a play down the field because he does have the ability to go and to make plays happen. And because he's so aware of where he needs to be on the field, he can get open and make the catch. I do agree with you on the route tree. That's an area that I really think that he needs to work on. Um, Also, I'd like to see him get maybe a little bit more physical at the catch point. That may come with adding some bulk. Obviously, he's not going to add height, uh, but he will be able to add some bulk. That might be able to do it. Um, His detractors are going to say that he doesn't have the length to be a strong wide receiver for this team, that this team needs length. They need someone that can go up, make the contested catches. I know a lot of people don't have the confidence uh, or the uh, the the like for uh, a guy like Nikhil Harry in this role. But at the same time, I also think that there is some prowess that this kid can bring, especially if the reports are true about Julian Edelman not being ready to start the season or his knee not being uh, up to par. Uh, they are going to need help in the slot, and this is a kid that I think can do it, uh, and I think he can provide that uh, that burst for them and if they can get him in the middle part of the round, I really think that he'll be able to uh... so short of saying prototypical Patriot, but I think he would make an amazing Patriot, and I think in time with the right cultivation and the right coaching, I think he can be a prototypical Patriot, so Amari Rogers, thumbs up folks, if you're looking at him, he might be a good addition for your New England Patriots, and Steve, how much better can we get than having a guy like Amari Rogers close the show, listed at 5'9 a half, five ten, 5'10", <laughs> and then we have Trent Brown, uh, which, folks, check out Mike Reese's Twitter feed today, uh, the great Mike Reese from ESPN, uh, someone we both held in the highest regard. Um, Mike is interviewing Trent on a stepstool, a ladder almost, And Mike is still significantly shorter than Trent, even with the ladder that should go to show you uh, the size that uh, the Patriots are bringing back to the offensive line. He and Michael Waino are going to make great bookends on that offensive line. I am really looking forward to seeing those two guys take the field at the same time. Uh, That's an imposing, uh, you know, duo for any defensive line and any linebacking crew uh, to have to get through in terms of being able to get to the quarterback and get to the running back. So, Steve, what can I say? You know all about protection, buddy, probably better than anyone else that takes the guest chair here on Locked On Patriots. So this was the perfect opportunity for you to come on. You're the perfect guest for it today. And I thank you for your insight and your opinions on not only Trent Brown, but also the franchise tag and Amari Rogers as well. But, please for the benefit of our new listeners let everyone know what you have coming in the days and weeks coming up here as we open the league year next year and what can we look forward to in the coming days and weeks from the great pen and voice of steve balistrieri yeah
0: um you know mike uh, i thank you for having me as always um you know uh when when we look at everything uh you can find me on uh, Twitter at CB7SFG. I write for passfans.com. And you and I stood next to from And uh, <laughs> he is an impressive sized human being. But anyway, I'll be looking at free agency upcoming. Uh, we, we'll be starting that in just about a week from now. So, uh, you know, we look forward to that. And then we'll still be doing our draft profiles. So that should keep us busy for quite some time.
1: Absolutely. And it will keep us busy for quite some time. Steve, what can I say? I thank you so much for joining me here today on the pod. And we look forward to talking again next week with you where we'll be in the middle of legal tampering going on and one day away from the official start of the 2021 league season. But until then, stay safe, stay well. And we look forward to having you back here on Lockdown Patriots next week. Take care, my friend. Have a great week. Just like that, Patriots fans, we are almost halfway through your work week, but fear not, there is still a ton to talk about when it comes to your New England Patriots. Now that we know the fate of the franchise tag, what moves might the Patriots have in store as the league year approaches? Don't forget, the official start of the 2021 league year is one week from tomorrow, March 17th, 2021, St. Paddy's Day. Will the Patriots be lucky? Last year wasn't a lucky St. Patrick's Day for the Pats. And you all know what happened on that day. We're not going to get into it, folks. We've moved on. Your New England Patriots are on to 2021. So to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, subscribe to and download the Locked on Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you're staying locked in to Locked on Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Steve Balistrieri for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, continue to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.